0: I'm right. still not fully in favor of it. But I just want you to know that. I want to be. I want that to be on the record. Well, I, I already, want that to. I, heard, I want that to be out there. I already knew it was not going to be. <laughs> it's 8:03 a.m. Sa- Saturday, January the 11th, 2020. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the
1: bit and Diane Ouch.
2: I'm forcing Bill to do something he doesn't want to do. I'm it's forcing right. him. That's right. And I knew oh. he didn't want to do it, and I did it anyway. It hurts. That
0: hurts. <laughs> I
1: got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, i ham and eggs. It's been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine, as per usual. Over to you, Diane.
2: It has been a hectic week. Has it? Well, just kind of a hectic work week.
0: Yeah. Hectic work week. I, I know that... <clears throat> that on Friday, I was, I didn't have anything on my calendar. And I was like, I was like basking. It was like I was floating in, you know, in an isolation tank or something. It was like, uh, ah.
2: That's that's the way I'm feeling right now.
0: It's a good feeling.
2: So, yeah, it was a busy work week, but at the tail end of the week, it's starting to finally calm down. It's mainly just, in my job, it's quarter related. Hmm. The winter quarters started and
0: right right right. So
2: now so things, things are, are, s-
1: things are now they're
2: settling down and and Chris is back from his absence and and so things are more like oh, I can read again yeah.
0: But and the the new office is starting to settle a little bit.
2: So yeah, it's kind of the it's interesting that it seems like we both have chaotic things happening at once right. That has always seemed to be true.
0: That's true. That is interesting. They'd Plus, I've cases. got I've got no gigs until like the end of next month. That's a very strange place to well, be. But I, but I mean, it's caused me to to take care of some other business, which is probably good.
2: Well, then I I had forgotten to mention that Maria would like you to play at the office. Oh. In February, like Rem, um Valentine's Day area, and she was saying. I don't want it about Valentine's Day. I hate Valentine's Day, but just that's a holiday type of feeling and you know. So we'll talk about that later. Okay. Anyway.
0: That's fine. Would love to do it. No problem.
2: So a, a couple of things um, happened this week. One, my my team members have nominated oh, yeah. me for the Distinguished Staff Award at the UW. Yeah.
0: Is this is this something now I wanted to ask you about this because is there only one award given out per year, or is there awards in different schools, or is it one award per department, or how does it.
2: I, I think. How
0: prestigious. I know it's a prestigious thing. It but is, I know you've but won I it twice before.
2: I've been nominated, oh, nominated twice. twice. I've before. never won it. Oh, okay. And that's the whole thing that is so remarkable about this yeah. is that I don't give a
0: wig but this is going to be like this is going to be like your lifetime achievement oscar diane your victory lap no yeah he's going to be like robert de niro getting his you know lifetime helen mirren getting her your lifetime achievement thing you know judy dench
2: it's more (laughs) and i definitely will not get it i know (laughs) that is true uh just because i don't know really there are a lot of people who go way above and beyond. And, and in, the thing that was so funny, when they said uh, that they had nominated me uh, at this meeting, I, I was very overcome with emotion. And I said, you know, this is the... <laughs> and they said, and we found out that you've been nominated twice before. And I said, yeah, that means that I've been nominated in every... In every department I've ever worked for. Um,
0: well, this could be your year, oh, Dad. This could but, be your year.
2: But I was really overcome with emotion because it really is just the fact that your teammates feel that about you. Yeah. I was really... And I'm I'm not saying this stuff in any way like awards don't matter to me uh, and that they really do. They really don't. But the, the letters that I've received from people matter to me. Yeah. And the fact that your team members care about you in that way, it's just totally overwhelming.
0: Very um, groovy.
2: So that, that was a big thing. The other thing was that I had uh, received this email from Stanley Greenthal about when I asked him for the songs for the journey and he had written me back. I don't know if he had written me back by the time we had our show last week, but he had basically written me back and said that he was so appreciative of being reminded of that record Mm. himself Yeah, that he hadn't listened to it in a very long time and that he was so, uh, happy that the music had stood the test of time and um, right. I'm really paraphrasing really <laughs> <yeah. That's laughs> yeah. but that was the basic thrust of it and yeah. and especially because I had written to him and told him that I was just completely in tears to hear it again and right. how much it meant to me and it made me think and I was talking to, to Chris and Lisa um, about the possibility of Of kind of talking to people about their first albums and and i just became for ancient
0: victories yeah Yeah.
2: because i became quite enamored of the thought of talking to people about what they were doing when they first started doing albums it's an
0: interesting frame the ancient victories is an interesting frame to put around people because you could do these wide-ranging interviews with people talking about how they were back in the day yeah. of victory, what, the, what their thoughts were, what their process was, how, how they thought about themselves. Then, as compared to now, you can do this right. comparing and contrasting thing. It's kind of built into the, the whole ancient victories phenomenon. So it really is an invitation for us to get these people sat down in front of a microphone and hear their stories because they've got a story to tell. That's right. And they're at a point in life where they know their own story. And that's one of the reasons why when they come to an Ancient Victories open mic, they're so, you can just sense that they're so much more comfortable in their own skin than, they, than any of us ever was back in those di- earlier right. days. And so that they've, they've got this kind of crystalline sense of themselves. They need to be asked so that they can tell it. You know, they that's do. That's
2: what I was thinking. Yeah. And especially what the reason why this even came to my mind was that when I was listening to that album by Stanley... I was thinking. It brought up a lot of questions in my mind. How did he end up working with Mihal O'Donnell? How did he um, make that decision? You know, yeah. because uh, so was
0: here's a thought, and yeah. I'm sorry if we're tangenting tangenting back into this idea of these interviews. There's a part of it that is almost needs to be written.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because
0: when I think about. Because it, it, it ties in with, I've, I was contacted recently, this will this will dovetail together yeah, eventually, yeah. I was contacted by this guy, he left me a voicemail uh, originally and said, I just saw, uh, listened to your song, The Concrete Tree, up on YouTube, and I want to let you know I've been looking for this song for 20 years, I first heard it on KBCS when Ginger Hopper was doing her radio show and I know Ginger and, and blah blah blah. And, and then I, then it just kind of fell out of my life, and then I just heard it again. And i always wanted to do something with this song. Contact me, blah blah blah. And so we've been exchanging back and forth, and finally we got an email chain going. And he was asking me about the song, and he wants to make a video for YouTube about the concrete tree, and was asking me, you know, to send him anything I wanted to contribute, or and also just kind of, you know, anything I wanted to say about the song. You know? And so I was prompted. To sit and really think about that one song, and I wrote, I spent like four and a half hours yesterday writing to him about that song, the story of it, how it, where where I was in my writing growth and process when that song hit, and just the process of writing it and how instructive that was to me, and how it crystallized an event in my life that I actively tried to forget, because it was so unpleasant, and you know just. The consciousness expansion that went along with just writing that one song, but if I hadn't been invited to sit down and write it, if I was just talking to him on the phone, I I don't know that the story would no, have been as true. Would have would have crystallized so well for me. So it seems like there needs to be part of it at least, where if we were going to like interview like Dennis Flanagan say. And because I think he's probably one of the most interesting people we've never really known the story of all the way. You know right. you know a lot more about Dennis than I do but he's always just seemed like somebody I would love to sit and spend a couple hours just talking to him, picking his brain, hearing about where he came from, how his consciousness came to where it is today kind of thing. But if we wrote to him first, set up the interview, said here's the kinds of things we'd like you to be thinking about and if you want to write about these things because because you if, you're, if you have the impulse to write about them, please do. We will work that into it as well, somehow. Yeah. We'll work that information into it as well. So that there may be always a print version and a recorded version. Yeah,
2: exactly. You know, and
0: they will not be the same. One will not be a direct transcript of the other. The, the print version will have more information, perhaps. Okay. But there will be, the person's voice will also be captured telling his or her own story, which is also essential. So we're serving two purposes there. We're giving the full uh, opportunity for somebody to write their autobiography. Right. And then we're interviewing the person to kind of get a sense of, you know, how they describe themselves. In, so you know, for,
2: for our two to three listeners yes. that are stepping yeah, the, into this. And probably
0: the one that's still listening. I yeah. <laughs> I started talking, and I was like, okay. Pardon
1: me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee.
0: Uh, Is there something else we can listen to uh, uh, Well, to the music? To you boy. But I wanted to
2: say it's good coffee. that this... Uh, <laughs> It's been a cascading yeah. uh, situation in our in our thoughts right now, right? right? Because we, uh, I was talking to Chris and Lisa about the possibility of having a column that talked about the first album, and then but, they were,
0: but which was spawned by your interaction with right, Stanley, right? Right. Yeah.
2: Because I was thinking, this is a really, I mean, I was so interested in his response back to me. Yeah. The fact that he actually. Was, had not listened to that album in many years. So and... suddenly,
0: his life went from being right here, right, to being like here, right. Suddenly, it was like the the slide a on a trombone going all the way down, all the way to arm's length. That's how his life went. It just it just got bigger in an instant, and he was living in the in the echo of all of the things that had happened between then and now. Right. And there are things. It seems like you get to a place in life where someone has to, hey, boom. Has to kind of slap you upside the head to get you to realize that you've lived a big life, that's that you've right. got all this, that the way you are now has a, is a direct result of this line of events that goes all the way back. And you know, when you think that forty years ago I was an adult, that's right. That says something. I've been living my own life for more than forty years, that's and right. all of this stuff has made me has brought me to where I am right now. When you acknowledge that. And you start thinking back on it because this this fellow contacting me about the concrete tree, it took me right back into that event. And I've got perspective on those events now that I wouldn't have had, when I wrote the song, that I wouldn't have had 10 years after if somebody had asked me to describe it. I would have said something similar because the, the events were the same events. But what I recognize happened to me.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I've got a lot more clarity of mind about what happened to me when I wrote that song. Uh, than I would have if you had asked me the same question ten years ago, you know. So you you have this accumulative consciousness of yourself and of your history that keeps expanding. So it's interesting. well,
2: and the idea has really, as as listeners can tell, it's really sparked a lot of conversation between you and I yeah. about what we would like to do to record some of this because we are. In the prime seat to do it, yeah. and especially because my talking about that with Stanley invited you to put your your first album or what you consider your first album.
0: My first listenable album, first listenable album. Yeah. Even though I love so the, the other the other uh, filament of the story is that I put the digital version of my new album up on my Bandcamp site this last week. And uh, so it's there for anybody who wants it. $10 for the digital audio of the new album, Night Sky, by Bill Levy. Thank you. Call <laughs> um, before midnight tonight. Oh. Um, but I also, because Diane has been bugging me, I decided, okay, it'd be okay to put my album from 1986 right at the light up on Bandcamp too, Because I thought that that recording was an acceptable recording. And very representative of me at that time, and the audio quality is good enough.
2: I didn't know that I had been bugging you to put it on Bad Camp. I was bugging you. I just wanted to hear it.
0: What? You weren't necessarily bugging me to put it on Bad Camp, but the idea came to me that it was a viable enough recording that why not have it up there too?
2: And so the rest of the week, because I was listening to Right at the Light, Bill wanted me to also listen to it for
0: any technical glitches the the way it plays on Bandcamp I don't know if when I'm listening to it on Bandcamp because you can stream it there for nothing you don't have to buy it I think they let you listen to it like four times all the way through before you hit the paywall so
2: but I just loved being able to hear that album again because I had it long ago in cassette form when it was only released on cassette I was part of it because it was a live concert yeah, see, this recording. See, is,
0: this is the thing. These were this, is from, this album is taken from two concerts, both in 1986, one from January and one from July, I believe. And they were both Victory Music concerts. So Chris Lund and Diane Schulstad were putting these concerts on at the Tacoma YWCA. I believe I was, I don't know if I was opening for Jim Page in both of them, but I was opening for Jim Page in at least one of them. And this was the a moment when Jim and I were becoming friends when victory music was really happening because yes. those concerts at the YWCA, man, that was some serious
2: Well, it was a stage yeah, and we set a up tables like serious little...
0: Serious venue and it was probably you got how many people did did you get in there? It was over a hundred people. Yeah. But it was and
2: and we would set up these little tables, we got checked tablecloths yeah, it and was, it and was, candles and we it was
0: the real thing.
2: And uh, I would bake goods and we'd sell them so that we were actually making and was it, money and through was, the concessions. And Rob was probably
0: running sound, right? Rob was That's running sound. That's when Rob first started doing his sound business was those concerts, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That was his education in running sound. And he ended up having a recording studio in his basement and all that kind of stuff.
2: And doing sound. And doing sound for people. years
0: and years and being the mentor for Mark Eiler, who now does sound for yeah. network TV as well as other stuff. You know, it's just uh, at this progression, you know, you see this this here's a
2: there's the trombone here's a bookmark here's a
0: bookmark from one point in history but when you listen back to that stuff from 34 years later uh suddenly you've got this big old resonant box of everything that has happened between then and now kind of just echoing in your head it's a kind of and it's a nice feeling you know well and
2: also i think that i've become quite aware of the advantageous placement that I've always had ever since I was in Victory, of being able to find out about the lives of these musicians. Because when I was in Victory, doing the editing of the newsletter, one of my tasks I mean, we traded it off, Chris and I, but um, was to write the, the cover feature on the musicians. Right. And I, at the beginning, I was terrified to do it. And then after a while, when I got the hang of it, I loved doing it. It was just so much fun.
0: It's like but, the, one, the first time I was ever on the Victory Music Review cover was in, I think, 1987. Yeah. And you wrote the article.
2: About I wrote me. the article.
0: Yeah.
2: Because I was a fan. Right. And now I get to live with you. And Weird. I'm still a fan. I don't
0: know. I can what do you understand mean, What are you well, talking I'm, about? Come on. It's got to be a little tarnish on the, on the crystalline image of the geezer. <laughs> <But> broken old <laughs> relic.
2: No tarnish.
0: The dry and wispy shell of <laughs> what once was meaty and full of juice and... <laughs> Okay.
2: I don't know, I kind of like being on this side of the...
0: the uh, I like it too. I like yeah. it for those moments, you know. I like it for those moments. And it's, I, I, am, I feel when I was talking about Jim and Kat, it just amazes me that I know these people. I know. And that they're friends of mine. And Amy, and you know, JW, you know, I don't know, all of them.
2: All of them. All of them.
0: All of them. It's just, that it's we've just amazing. Got, we have just got this uh, amazing community. We have got to do this, Diane.
2: We are going to do it. So, and I'm going to start working on it I think you, you soon. should.
0: You should. Because if you contact the people,
2: I will invite them
0: the to write, to contribute. Ask them some questions. Say, write up an answer to this. Yeah. Me. Like, I mean, didn't you used to do that when you were doing feature uh, stories? Sometimes. Well, it was, for the most part, written. I interviewed people right. on tape. And then invite but, them to do a recording a recorded interview tell him bill will be there too he's gonna he'll take care of all the technical aspects of it he wants to present something called you know ancient victories radio which will be done for ancient victories it'll be under a different umbrella yeah. a different kind of a thing
2: we're, we're still working out all the little
0: yeah quirky but it needs, things it needs to, but
2: to, we really want to start both doing interviews. Can you tell we have anything. some
0: exci- we have some level of excitement about this, which, you know, at our age, you know, if you can get excited about <laughs> anything, you know, it's kind of like, you're like, wow, <laughs> I can still do this, check it out.
2: Well, but also. Yeah. We were talking about this last weekend. We had a brief interruption with work, and now we're back into (laughs) this conversation again. So obviously, we're seems
0: to be bubbling up and now I have to
2: call Chris and Lisa and tell them about the band camp and all that stuff.
0: (laughs) About the band camp?
2: Well, because they were saying, "Well, we love this idea, but but the Stanley Greenthal isn't available right now." You know, so
0: it's you know, I'm not saying it's going to be easy to do the band camp thing. It may just be, he may just want to put some tracks up on SoundCloud. But the Bandcamp idea was something that if, if the artist is interested, if the artist wants to go to the trouble, Right. Uh, then that's this is available and it doesn't cost you anything. It t- costs you a percentage of your proceeds. But it's a way to put music out there so that people can access it if they want to. Simple to get to. They don't have to do a massive search on Spotify. They don't have to do a search on Amazon. They don't have to do a search on iTunes. You have your own website. That's right. You know, it's billdavey.bandcamp.com. That's all you got to type into your browser, and it takes you there. And there's seven albums, and you can buy one song, or you can buy a whole album, or you can buy the whole collection. You know, you can type my great. entire discography for sixty three dollars, or something like that.
2: It is sixty three. I saw it. Did you? Yes.
0: That was something I just added recently, where they give you the option of. Offer to sell your entire discography at this much discount. You know, okay, ten percent discount. So there you go. So it's so a,
2: today's music.
0: Jesus, um, should, should I edit most of this out?
2: I edit what you wish. Okay. Today's music is yeah, yeah. Uh, from right <laughs> at the light because <laughs> I want it, and that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were two songs that Bill will never sing anymore that I absolutely loved back in the day.
0: Right. And they are, and I think when you listen to them, you will understand. You know, and people are always saying, oh, you should just update it." You know, why would I want to update it when I could write something different? When I could write something new, I don't want to update songs. You, know? you don't
2: have to update it, but I just I so enjoyed hearing these again. Yeah,
0: well, I think Chicken My Gumbo, son. which is one, was better in its original form than when I added the extra verse yeah. and tried to update it for this, the album Gravity. And so you know, part and parcel of why I don't still play these songs is because even when I try to update them, it makes them worse. And electric is a song that, philosophically, I am nowhere near anymore. It just seemed like an interesting, fun idea at the time. And so,
2: did you really want to go electric? No, not I really. Think but it was a,
0: it was something that was out there. Yeah. And so I just latched onto it as an interesting idea for an amusing song. You know, because so it wasn't really the neither of these songs come from deep within
2: no i know and i love your deep within right. that is your in those your days glory, i would i would take
0: any idea that came i would run with it and I, so, but i still these were love small these. ideas and they're small songs
2: i but, like the small idea too. small me and too. and i like the big idea big emotion songs right. but but i just missed these and perhaps other people will see why i did
0: okay well if you missed them bad enough you can go to <laughs> billdavey.bandcamp.com <laughs> and purchase them for your own collections. Just don't bug me about it anymore, okay? <laughs> These are the ones you know better than to ask for when you come to one of my shows, right? Right? Exactly. There's a few more that have been added to that list, like hard questions, old dragons passing over, and you know, other you know, fun fun songs.
1: Close the doors tight, insulate those windows right. ¶ Let me say I don't get out much anymore. ¶ I stay inside and wait for the hell to break. ¶ What kind of crazy things wait outside my door? ¶ I got my lead screens, I got survival dreams. ¶ And lots of hope for the future of our nation. ¶ I got my canned food, I got my ears glued To the civil defense monitoring stations My friends all tell me that I'm pessimistic But I prefer to think of myself as realistic When the big one comes and the earth begins to rumble I'll be happy underground eating chicken gumbo Chicken gumbo Late at night or early morning, we won't get too much warning Before the country is a glowing orange fountain But some of us won't wait, we'll make our planned escape Me and Ronnie will be safe inside our mountain My friends all tell me that I'm pessimistic But I prefer to think of myself as realistic When the big one comes and the earth begins to rumble I'll be happy underground, eating chicken gumbo This is where everybody's supposed to get up and dance like American Bandstand, you know? <laughs> Feel that driving beat. Still stifled by my limitations. See this guitar? It's brought me far, but it can't handle every situation. Ooh, I wanna go electric. Ooh, it takes bread to go electric. Ooh, won't you help me go electric? And let me sing in your bar. But you say. seat and watch my feet they're always jumping cause they can't escape the beat i look at my room stare at the gloom some funky rhythm now would surely be a treat Ooh, i want to go electric Ooh, it's somehow more eclectic Ooh, won't you help me go electric and let me sing in your bar it's a nice bar Nice bar. I can play here. Maybe take us both bar. Ooh, I wanna go electric. Ooh, when well, this music's much more hectic. Ooh, won't you help me go electric and let me sing in your bar? But you say... No way, Jack. You see the doorway Come back another day As someone else Now ain't that just the way? I mean the way of the world You decapitate a squirrel Backing out of your driveway And what will the Rabinowitzes say? Sometimes it just don't to start your day. Thank you. Stay tuned for Jim Page, thanks.